Yo, 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 what's going on? Shot Collars back in the building. Uh, I hope everyone is having a great night. I hope everybody is getting crazy with March Madness. Um, you know, we've had some great games on, tons of, uh, of fun hoops action, but we're here to talk NBA. So uh, first, I'm going to introduce my brother, my man, Timmy D. What's going on, my man? Benny. It's been a fun March Madness. I first got to give a quick shout to my guys, Melvin Levin and Brad Redford, for that awesome, tons of fun bracket preview we did. They gave a ton of great insight about what it's like mm-hmm. to be a college basketball player in March Madness. Honestly, like stuff I would never thought of. Those are my dudes. So I've been, I hope everyone's enjoyed March Madness. Like Ben said, it's been awesome. It's everything we want the tournament to be. It's chaos. It's nuts. Um, exactly what we want. So uh, we had a fun at-large bid coming up to talk about the rest of that. But, hey, Ben, before we do get started, before we get to Odellis, Forellis, Pontellis, and that I can't do as good as you. <laughs> yes, sir. We got to give some love first, of course, to Elgin Baylor. Yes. Got to give some love to yes. 22. Absolutely, man. Rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. Uh, 86 years old man passed away today. Um, you know, when you think of Lakers – you know, you think Magic, you think West, you think Baylor, you think Kareem, you think Kobe, you think Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, like that's that's that that's it right there. And Elgin Baylor is right in that list. Uh, one yes, of the all time greats. Uh, one of the all time great Hoopers, man. And, and uh, kind of, you know, he was kind of that Laker swagger in in, in the '60s and in the early '70s, man. So. Uh, shout out to Elgin, Elgin Baylor, man. We uh, uh, rest in peace and uh, prayers to his family. You know, he he lived a long life and had a long legacy. So, um, yeah. you know. Um, ben, this earlier today, you know, just um, back and forth on some things. I don't think people realize how good of a basketball player Elgin Baylor was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he played in that era, man, where he had to go up against the Celtics and um, I don't think like he retired with the number three all-time point per game average like that. So, you know, he's Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor. Like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, the guy, the guy was a walking 30 piece every night. 88 career 40 point games. Yep. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy. Ridiculous. There was no three point line shot 43% from the field. 27.4 points a game, career. 13.5 career rebounds a game, dude. Career best season, he averaged 38.3. Unbelievable, dude. The OG walking and that, and those, it, Yeah, I mean, and, and sandwiched in between those are a 34.8 points per game season and a 34 points per game season. I mean, and not only that, like like, you know, that that year he averaged thirty four and eight. He also averaged nineteen point eight rebounds a game. <laughs> I mean, dude, the guy was was just phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player, all time legend. Um, I mean, just just uh, I, I think people he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because uh, you know we only you know out of sight, out of mind. Like we don't think about those types of players. But Elgin Baylor, dude, was was a walking bucket he he was unbelievable so probably uh, the greatest probably the greatest nba player to never win a championship 
Absolutely. I completely agree. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's nuts. That's nuts to think about. So, um, so yeah. So rest in peace, Elgin Baylor, man. That that's a tough one. That's a tough one for the NBA NBA family for sure. Um, so let's just get the more sad news. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Well, you already heard his voice, but you know I got to introduce my boy, Joshua, Odellis, Forellis, Overzealous, Montellus, Hayes. What's good, my brother? <laughs> hey, what's what's going on, man? Uh, I got oh, a little ahead of myself, man. You threw Elgin, Elgin Baylor in there, and I had to, you know, I had to jump well, in and, and talk yeah, about no totally basketball it. greatness. I'm um, starting to yeah. think, man, I'm going to compare after the show, man, we're going to look and compare my name and see how close I am to Dikembe Mutombo's name to see whose name is actually longer. <laughs> Mama Jacques Mutombo. <laughs> By the way. Absolutely. Isn't it Absolutely. great that Geico brought back the Dikembe Mutombo yes. commercials? Yes, Tim. Absolutely. <laughs> Not today. Every time he's like, they show the kid in the cereal, like, like I like, like, <laughs> then when they show him blocking the cereal box, yeah, I just lose oh, it every time. Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, so, on to more uh, kind of depressing news that we had talked about earlier. We, we got two stars that went down this week uh, with injuries. Going to be lengthy injuries. Uh, first, we'll talk about LaMelo because it's going to be a season ender, I believe. He fractured his right wrist, um, and, and it's not looking good. So um, it looks like he, he's got his season's going to be over after a promising, very promising rookie of the year type year. Um, and, and that Hornets team was starting to play really well. Um, and to see him go down uh, for the year, it stinks because he was right now. I mean, Anthony Edwards is putting on a show, no doubt about it, because, I mean, he's, he is a flat stud. But LaMelo Ball was the rookie of the year. And to see him go down uh, with an injury like that sucks because the Hornets were playing well. We were just talking about last week how fun the Hornets are to watch. And, and you know, they're playing great basketball. And LaMelo's giving them uh so much energy and, and you know he's getting props from Michael Jordan you know thinking you know saying that you know we didn't think we got what we got but you know this guy's really come on and and, and been became the franchise I mean he's he's become the franchise guy so um you know I I hate that I hate that that that, that I hate it when young guys go down early in their career uh, especially when they were starting to lead their team so um the, of course, the second one, and poor Tim, I, I know this one, this one stings you, uh, but uh, Mr. James, LeBron James got, gets rolled up on um, a couple nights ago, and now he has a high ankle sprain. So now you have no Anthony Davis and no LeBron James. Gentlemen, I got a question for both of you, and I'll first start with LaMelo. Um, what what do the Hornets do to continue that momentum that they've built with LaMelo now that he's going to be out for the rest of the year? Because right now they're in a playoff spot. They're in playoff contention. So what, what do the Hornets do to stay now that their leader is gone? Tim, I'll start with you. I mean, if I'm being honest, do they have to? I mean, like the momentum they have is pretty awesome. Like mm -hmm. you know, they have a good young core. 
Um, even going past Lamelo, you know, you've seen more Malik Monk. You've seen mm-hmm. PJ Washington come on, and you've seen Miles Bridges come on. And look, I understand it's all about winning. That's the whole purpose of NBA franchises. But let's say they don't make the playoffs. Let's say that they like miss out in the play-in. Like, is the Hornets? You know, I talked to Alex, my boy Alex Derrickson, about this. So. Um, if the Hornets don't make the playoffs, is them getting a lottery pick a bad move for them? I don't necessarily think so because we've no. shown they can hang. We've shown they're a fun team. Um, you know, I feel like they're very similar to the Bulls in that sense of like, you know, any given night you, you can turn it on and they're gonna give a team they're giving a team fits. I mean, last Thursday night they played the Lakers. It took a really good quarter from LeBron in the fourth quarter to beat them. Um, mm-hmm. so I am not at the point where like, yes, it would be awesome to see the Torn Horns get in. It would be awesome to see them fight. Um, but if this is a situation where they don't have LaMelo and it's okay, we just add more ammo and more young players, especially in a draft like this coming up, I have no issue with that. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, right. I think James Borrego has proven he's the right coach for them. So I think it's a win-win right now for Charlotte, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, they're in the eighth spot by one game. And right behind them, you have Indiana and Chicago who have both proven that they – they could just get their stuff together. Um, one of those teams are probably going to jump them. Uh, you know how much fun we've already talked about the Knicks and the Knicks are in the seventh spot and they're basically tied with Charlotte. So I, I really think Boston is going to turn it around. They're at number six. I think Boston, so the sixth up, I think those last two spots are kind of up for grabs. So it's really who wants them more. And I think losing that momentum with Mello is going to kind of shift them out of that top eight spot. I don't even know if they make the play in spots. And if they don't, then I am with you, Tim. I think that they, I don't want to say the word tank, but I think they tank to try to get a lottery pick. Uh, We already know who's coming out in the draft this next year. And if imagine if they get a top three pick and they can get one of those other guys to kind of compliment mellow already with the, the young core that they have, the coach that they have. And it seems like they've started to put some pieces in order. Uh, They got some veteran leadership with, Hayward and, and some of those other guys. And I think Charlotte could come back and be a deadly team next year. I really do. If you're watching the yeah. tournament right now while we're recording, USC and Kansas are playing and USC is up eight. Watch the Trojans center, Evan Mobley. If somehow, some way it won't happen because he's going to go two. I mean, he's going two or three. Um, if somehow, some way the Hornets can find a way to get Evan Mobley on their team, he's the perfect center compliment to LaBella Ball. That kid. Who's is- to say? Who's to say they don't slide into a lottery pick at two or three? It would take a lot. I mean, especially with 31 games left, they would have to lose a lot. Yeah. Well, Houston, Houston just did it. So it's like, <laughs> which we're going to talk about here soon. So uh, it's, it's, that's not saying much. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if there was somehow, if there was a way they could get Evan Mobley on that team. Trade up. Yeah. yeah I don't but... know if teams are going to trade up much in this draft. Yeah, it's gonna take a very, very big offer. But I, I agree with you guys. Uh, I mean, I, I think that their core is. I mean, look at Rozier's twenty six, Graham's twenty five, Washington's twenty two, Ball's nineteen, Bridges is twenty two, Malik Monk's twenty two. Uh, your oldest player is Gordon Hayward. You know who's having a bounce back year. So um, they've got a lot of good young core guys. Um, you know, I, I think you bring up a great point, both of you. You know, if, if if they slide into a lottery pick, that's not 
that's not a bad thing with all that young talent. So I, I think that's good. So my next question to you now, and I'll start with you, Joshua Dallas Ferellis. The Lakers without LeBron and AD, do you need to make a move at the deadline? Or do you stand pat and say, we'll hold down the fort? We may end up a six or a seven seed, but we'll hold down the fort until our two stars return. Or do you make a move? Uh, what are your thoughts on that now that you know LeBron's going to be out multiple weeks? Well, first, I want I think it's kind of funny that I know LeBron knows – he knows stats. He knows streaks. He knows a lot of this stuff. So it was kind of interesting to me that he got hurt. And when he hit, when he got hurt, he had seven points. I said the same thing. And he stayed in the game and made a three-pointer before he came out so that he had his consecutive streak of 10 points or more going still. Oh, see, um, I did not know that. Yeah, he hurt his ankle, <laughs> shot a three, made the three, checked out. Checked out. <laughs> so that was interesting. I knew he knew what he was doing because I, I, LeBron knows stuff like that. He can recite every game minute for minute, play for play. Right. Um, so here's, here's my thoughts on that. I, no one knows when Anthony Davis is coming back, you know, he keeps getting reevaluated. They keep adding time on, obviously they want to make sure he's healthy for a playoff run. Uh, I read recently that it said LeBron may be out up to three weeks. Uh, and if that's the case, you're probably talking nine or 10 games. There's a chance that the Lakers go through that streak especially playing in the West and don't win a game. They, they lose the next 10. And if, the, if that's to happen and it pushes them back to a point where, you know, they're in that play-in spot or they're in contention of losing that, I do think that they try to go after someone. And, you know, they, they, we already know they want Drummond. Um, I just don't know who's out there right now. When we talk trades, we can kind of look at it. I just don't know who's out there right now that they could bring in to carry the team until those two get back. Like they're they're in a pretty, pretty rough predicament at this point. Um, but if they could if they can win a couple games and hold on, and let's say they do slide into like it really, it would really suck for some teams to go into Lakers, you know, mm -hmm. if the Lakers are the seven or the eight seed and you and, and Utah has to play the Lakers healthy in the first, it's kind of not fair. <laughs> it's really not. Um, that's kind of what I imagine happening is that they, they probably flutter to the middle of the pack to probably the seven or eight seed if LeBron has to sit out that, that long. Um, and, and they, man, that's just rough for a lot of teams for, for the Lakers to be in that bottom four and like a team that gets the slot, they're like, Hey, we're the three seed. Damn. we got to play the Lakers. Right. It's just not fair, but we all know LeBron heals fast. We all know LeBron is has been literally the one of the most durable athletes we've ever seen. I, it'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't come back before three weeks, healthy and ready to go. Because we already know. I mean, when he's on the floor, man, is he he's just a difference maker. Like he he makes or breaks that team. And then when Anthony Davis is there, I mean, they're, we all know they're they're the favorites to win it all. So I don't know, Tim. What do you think, Josh? You made my point twice for me in that conversation. So one, you brought up the fact that LeBron James knows everything going on. He can recite anything, like you said. And two, you brought up the point that he heals faster than any human alive, I'm pretty sure. His hyperbaric chambers <laughs> and his um, crazy, like, I don't know, maybe his, like, ankle is, like, already, like, wrapped up in, like, some sort of majestic ice glacier thing. I, but, I swear LeBron's the real-life Wolverine, man. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
there's nothing to us. Like, I understand, like, it's the first time we've ever really dealt with LeBron James having this serious injury. Um, I listened to Bill Simmons pod today. He said that only two times in LeBron's career has he missed 10% of the season. That first year he went back to Cleveland. Remember, he took like two weeks off. He just went to Miami and they said it was a backy thing. And then mm-hmm. obviously his first year at the Lakers, he had that groin injury and they just sat him the rest of the year after he came back for a little bit when they were just out of it. So I really do think that he's going to be back fashion at three weeks just because knowing what we've seen, um, I think that there's definitely that part of him that like, look, he came out jumping. He came out ready to go this season. Or was like, well, short and off season, you know, he's going to carry. He's just kind of, kind of like, let it go. And like, no, he was like, he came out wanting to win the MVP. And I think he knows if he's out a certain amount of time, then he knows that that MVP is not possible. And Josh, you brought up the fact that they've got this stretch coming up. Okay. So yeah, you know, they've got new Orleans tomorrow. They've got Philly on Thursday. You can probably say that those games are going to take their best games to win. But after that, they've got Cleveland. They've got Orlando. You got to think they can win those games with Schroeder, Harrell, Kuzma, Wesley Matthews. Like, you got to think they could beat those teams. But, yes, right after that, they've got Milwaukee. So, and then you've got Sacramento. you got a Clippers game. So, they've got this big road trip coming up. Here is my honest prediction. I think LeBron will be back either by April 4th when they play the Clippers at home at Staples because he wants to get that revenge win. Like you mentioned, Josh, he always knows. Or he'll be back by the New York part of the road trip. April 10th, they're in Brooklyn. April 12th, they're at the Garden. LeBron does not like missing games at the Garden. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as you just said, Tim, uh, their next five games, they play the Pelicans, the Sixers, Cleveland, Orlando, and then the Bucks. I mean, that's easily that could easily be two and three. A, I think they'll go two and three. three, two and three. Then they go Kings. We we all feel about the Kings. I mean, they're so up and down. It's it's then they go. Then like you said it goes Clippers, late uh, Raptors, Heat, Nets, Knicks, Hornets, Celtics, Jazz. <laughs> they're, they're, Jazz again, like there, there's a good little stretch in there, man, where they have to play some good teams. So yeah, you're right. If he's not back, if he's not back, um, that could get rough. Yeah, and look, I I totally get that. And obviously, any team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis is better when LeBron and Anthony Davis are on the court. But like, this is why the Lakers built this roster. This is why they, you know, I understand they built these guys to be around those two. But there's a reason they brought Dennis Schroeder into town. There's a reason they went out and got Marcus All. There's a reason they went and got Montrez Harrell. Like, I'm not saying those guys are world beaters by any means, but, um, you know, you know, they you still brought- have a good roster. Exactly. Yes. And I still, I mean, I feel like Kuzma, like Kuzma two years ago, if this was happening, it would be a disaster. Um, but mm-hmm. Kuzma right now seems to be very confident in his shot. He's playing really good on ball defense. So I, you obviously worry. You obviously have some concerns, but I feel like it's going to be a little better than we're than like, and I feel like we're kind of overreacting, saying it's panic mode. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that the Lakers roster is super deep, um, and, and you know they they go ten deep anyways. So I, I think that you know you, you got guys like you said, like a Kuzma, uh, Schroeder, Harrell. You know you have those guys that you know. Uh, Caruso, like I, I like their, I like their guys, their supporting cast, um, and, and I think that they'll be able to hold hold down the four at least 
worst case scenario, go 500 and you're still kind of sitting in the same boat that you were. So I, I agree with well, that here's, for sure. Here's the crazy thing. Let's say LeBron misses two weeks. And, you know, in that two weeks, they play seven games. Let's say, let's, let's just say they go two and five. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody behind them go on a small winning streak. Like there's only two, there's only five games that separate the Lakers in the three spot from Dallas in the eight spot. So if the teams behind them go on winning streaks and the Lakers lose, like they literally could fall out of the eight spot within two weeks, like just like that. That's right. how, that's how close, that's how close the West is right now. You know, you're going from the, you know, from the Lakers down, even from Lakers to San Antonio, it's only a two game difference from three and the seven. I mean, it's four spots, but then, like I said, the, even if the Lakers cruised the rest of the season, they ended up at seven spot. Like, do you imagine Phoenix having to play the Lakers in the first round? Like, man, we did all this work. We went to the bubble. We went undefeated. <laughs> like, we, you know, we came out the second half of, this, of the, the the next season and we, you know, we got ours together and now we're balling. We're in the two. Oh man, we got to play the Lakers. Come on, man. Like, mm -hmm. and they're healthy and they're healthy. My, uh, <laughs> my, my, my hot take is, I would take the Suns over any West any Western Conference team that's not the Lakers when fully healthy. That's what I'm Ooh, saying though. Like off. just imagine that. But just imagine that's the but that's the matchup. You said every team but the Lakers, and then the Suns have to play the Lakers in the first right. round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, man. Like, do you guys watch the Clippers? Like, I feel like their roster is so weirdly put together. It doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense. Like, I don't think they can win with how they're set up right now. They, just, because they're yeah. they're still they're still in a position where they don't have a point guard. Right. Yeah. So like, I understand they're linked to Lonzo ball and that would be awesome for them. But like, also it's for, what are you going to give new Orleans for Lonzo ball? Like you don't have any first rounders. Like you have none. Right. You have no trade equity at all. What's uh? what's Trouble. that? What's that gift that Ben shares from a uh, insecure on HBO with uh she's like, you ain't got no money. That's the Clippers. <laughs> all right. You got no money and you got, <laughs> you got no trade equity with no first round picks. So. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I do agree with you that the Clippers roster to me is really clunky. I've said that the last two years. Um, it's super top-heavy. They don't have a true point guard. Um, yeah, it's it's. I don't think that they can win a series with that roster. I mean, not not a not a series that you want to win with That's that roster. I think right now they're penciled in. Like, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing Denver in the first round. It's like, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they could beat Denver. I yeah, I don't think they could beat Denver at all, not in seven games. Um, so <clears throat> we mentioned it already. We got the trade deadline coming up. I believe it's this Thursday. Is the trade deadline Thursday, Tim? Am I correct on that? Yep. Okay. So um, we're gonna run through a few possible trade scenarios with some guys that's named that have been out there. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, hoopshype.com. Uh, they released this article uh, a couple days ago, and I, I was looking through it, and we've all kind of talked about possible trade scenarios for some different guys. Um, um, so, yeah, so we are going to look at just a few guys here um, that possibly could get moved um, with the trade deadline looming and teams looking to make some moves. 
Um, there's also uh, guys that are kind of uh, possible been not just like trade guys, but also guys that they're looking to kind of restructure contracts and, and get guys moved to different spots to contenders. So we're going to take a look at those uh, here in a minute. Um, we're going to run down this list. Uh, Odellis Ferellis, uh, my first guy on my list that I was looking at, um, and he's been the one that's probably be, I would say he's the biggest name on the list, and that's Andre Drummond. Man. Andre Drummond's been talked about uh, being moved um, for the last month. I don't think he's played in the last month. Um, let's see. So, uh, according to Kevin O'Connor, also uh, with the Ringer, it's reported that uh, there's two teams remain on the Drummond trade. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, the Raptors. Um, there's also the Lakers that have been linked to him. Um, and of course, Brooklyn has been linked to him, which I don't know Brooklyn money-wise can do it. Um, I, Josh, what are your thoughts on uh, where you think Drummond may land? I mean, it ain't going to be Cleveland. He's going to be getting out of there. Uh, they're going to make a move. Um what do you think Drummond ends up at? Man, I tell you what, um, it, it's super weird, but everything that I am reading, everything that I'm researching, um, you know, people are coming out and speaking and they're, and they're talking about like they're in Andre Drummond's, you know, camp, like there was boys like, Hey, these are his people. They're all saying that his, preference is to go to the nets so i don't necessarily know how the nets are going to make that work um i still i do know the nets still have um the the player exemption injury um money with dinwiddie um i I still know that he has to be bought out um i just don't know what the nets can do to get him i'm thinking that you know, they're going to have to trade maybe Dinwiddie and some draft picks. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do to be able to figure that out. Um, the one thing I have noticed though, you know, when the Nets constructed the roster, we were all like, man, you know, they're weak, like six deep. And then all of a sudden they got these guys like Claxton and Brown and these guys are balling out and uh, they signed Roberson and they, you know, they got, um, it and like they just had they 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 figured out a way to to fill their roster out and Steve Nash has them boys balling right now, mm-hmm. so um, I, I I know that we joke about me saying everybody wants to go to this is one where I truly this is this is one this is one where I truly feel man even even with them getting um, Blake Griffin like I still think that the Nets are the front runner for Drummond. I, I would agree with that. Um, here's the thing with the Nets is that they they honestly are one defensive center away from just being unstoppable. If you if you have KD, uh, you put KD, Kyrie, Harden, Drummond, um, and then you can put I don't care who else you put on the floor with them. Um, like. It, it gives you a little bit of everything on all levels. 
So now you have a guy in the middle that's going to get 16, 17, 18 rebounds a game. Uh, you have uh, a guy that can score in the paint. You have a guy that can defend the paint with guys on the perimeter that can make anything happen, any shot happen. Um, if he goes to the Nets, I, I think I think that that makes them the front runner uh, for the title. I mean, I, I mean, odds makers have already moved them to to the front of the line um, as far as them being the top contenders for the title. You add a guy like Drummond, and it, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. I, I think that the Nets are going to try to figure out a way to move Dinwiddie. I think that's the way that they go. Um, yeah. And I think that's how they're going to try to figure it out. Even if they had to throw another team in to, to be able to make it happen. But that's that's just everything I've read. And that'll be the last time I mention the Nets when it comes to a player. But I still feel that, <laughs> no, I, I still I still feel yeah. that they're I still feel they're the front runners to get him. And like I said, every time I'm reading something, there's always like, you know, his preference is to go to, to the Nets. Okay. So I'm okay. thinking. I'm thinking that uh, he he takes a pay cut or he there's something happens that he's going to end up there. Wow! Come on, producer Drummond. Tim. Producer Tim, what have what are your thoughts on on where you think Drummond may land? Uh, I know you're you uh, are a Lakers fan. Do you think there's an opportunity uh, that he could land with the Lakers, or do you think that he's going to end up somewhere else? Why not the Knicks? I, I mean, was. You were going to say you said Knicks. Uh, I I hate. I, I know you're going to hate this, but I said Celtics. That makes sense too. Um, but the only difference, I mean, the Celtics have that trade exception, so of course they're going to be right. linked to so many guys. But the Knicks actually have like 15 million in cap space at the trade deadline. You yep. don't you don't see that very often. So, you know, I, I don't see a situation where you feel like Mitchell. I'm sure, well. I don't know if Cleveland's going to want another center. I feel like Jared Allen's kind of established himself as the center of the future. Oh, so yeah. I can't yeah. imagine a Mitchell Robinson deal happens there. Um, but, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense because, again, you know, if we're in a world where Andre Drummond is going to go to the Lakers and the Nets for free in April, then the NBA messed up as a league. Yep. Like, that's just – Yep. You know, like I, I totally get where Josh is coming from thinking like he's going to go to the Nets because it's everything you see. But, you know, there's also this he has a very close kinship with LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, he could go there and be the feature guy until they come back if they get to a buyout. But he's too talented to be a buyout guy. And that's what yeah. really frustrates me. Like, I would love to see a team step up and make a move for him that needs him because, you know, I know Josh is talking about the Nets and he likes the idea of them in the Nets. The Nets don't need Andre Drummond. I mean, do the Bucks need Andre Drummond? No. Do the Lakers? No. But, you know, they could definitely use them. All those teams could definitely use them. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, if I were the Knicks, I would, you know, knowing how Tibbs is, how he is a defensive-minded guy, he wants to bring that defense together as they're getting better. They keep losing these games in horrible fashion. Um, I think Andre Drummond would be excellent there. Awesome. Awesome. So next guy on my list uh, that I've been looking at and has been mentioned in some trades, um, Atlanta Hawks big man, John Collins. Now, John Collins has been linked to uh, being – now, I'll say this. He's been linked to everybody, but I'll say this. The Hawks have won eight in a row. 
I believe they're now fourth in the East. Uh, your boy Nate McMillan, I believe, is nine and zero since he's taken over, um, or or eight and one or something something crazy. I don't think he's lost a game since he's taken over. I don't believe. But the Hawks are playing great basketball. Do you move? Do you move a guy like John Collins, who's part of that future? Um, I know that that some people have linked, they've linked him to Boston. Uh, he's also been linked to the Kings, the Mavericks, the Pistons, the Timberwolves have shown interest. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you move a guy like John Collins if your team is playing that well. I mean, he seems like he's a a, a huge part of that Atlanta um, core. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he gets moved before the deadline. I think he stays a hawk. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think about John Collins? I, I think he stays. Hmm. So, you know, all of us we try to we try to get on here. We try to find the the you know the next breaking news or you know the rumors that come out. And you know, another guy that you're probably going to mention that we've mentioned multiple times on our show the last few weeks. And I'm still trying to figure out how this would work, but a guy that's been linked to the Atlanta Hawks is Lonzo ball. And, um, you know, I'm starting to wonder, you know, because the Hawks have Tim's second favorite player on, on their team and Trey young, <laughs> are, are they, are they trying, are they, are they, are they trying to look at moving him over to the two guard, you know, which seems like maybe might be a more natural position for him and bring Lonzo in. And I'm like, if you were to bring Lonzo in, I think that now you've, you've given a piece to, to kind of give somebody full control of the offense. And then at that point, I don't move John Collins. Like, I, you, you keep him at that point. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, if the Hawks try to pull something to bolter their roster. And if they can't, then I wonder if they try to see if they can get rid of him to get something else in return. And I think that's what what's probably going to come down to. Um, I, I tell you what, the last couple of years, man, this dude, he's, he's a baller. Like he's, he's a straight baller. And uh, I, I mean, he could definitely help some teams out. I mean, his, his effort and energy on the floor is crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that that's, what's going to come down to for me. Do the Hawks try to make a move to bolter the roster and keep him or do they move him all together to try to figure out other pieces. And I, I'm interested to see how that all plays out with the whole Lonzo Ball thing. Good what points. Are your um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man, because like the situation is he's also a restricted free agent, and yeah. a circumstance like you know coming up this off season, they're really not going to be able to match a lot of teams' offers. Um, this is the same thing with Lonzo Ball. So like you know the reason Lonzo Ball is still coming up is because he's an RFA, but you know the teams that need point guards are going to make offers at Lonzo ball and probably put New Orleans in situations where they can't match it. Um, and if they do match it, like they're in trouble, um, you know, because you got to pay, you got to pay Zion as soon as you possibly can. We know they're, we're now they're going to Ingram's already yep. going to Ingram's contracts going to kick in next year, his extension. Um, but we'll get to that obviously. So John Collins, I feel like it's a very similar situation where, you know, it's like you're, you're strapped. You guys just spent $143 million in free agency to bring in guys like Gallo, Rondo, mm -hmm. Dunn. Yeah, those look really appealing right now, don't they? <laughs> Aces, kid. Aces. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
the Celtics have been a team that have been talked about a ton for John Collins. And mm-hmm. yeah, it would make sense. It's a good fit for them. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this already. It won't happen, but a super fun John Collins team would actually be the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause right now PJ Washington is really, I mean, PJ Washington's kind of playing a little bit more small ball five. Um, right. I don't know how you guys feel, but I've seen enough of Cody Zeller to know who he is at this point. Um, no bunnies on Cody Zeller. No bunnies. Mm-mm. Where John Collins. You got bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> he'll Lame- go get it. You have LaMelo Ball running down the court fast break and throwing, throwing oops to John Collins. Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. I just, um, I, I don't know, man. Um, I do think they'll stand pat. But the smart move here is like thinking about restricted free agency, knowing that you might be in a situation where you can't get him. Um, yeah. You know, like I th- I'm sure a team like Denver would love to have a John Collins right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the next guy on my list, and I know that we were just brought his name up, uh, Lonzo. Um, LeVar <laughs> Ball went on a radio station in Los Angeles a couple days ago mm. uh, and said, uh, opened his mouth again and says that, you know, Lonzo wants out in New Orleans. Uh, you know, he doesn't like it there. He, you know, he doesn't like what's going on down there. He wants out. Well, you know, typical LeVar Ball stuff, you know, um, you know, it's neither here nor there. Uh, but um, I know that we had mentioned before that a lot of teams do need a point guard. Um, is a Lonzo Ball move in the works? Uh, rumored to be Clippers, Bulls, Hawks. Uh, I got two resident Bull guys on here. Would you guys, which I know, I think I know Tim's answer for sure. Um, we, we've, we, I think we both have already I think we've, I think we've already, right. I think How fast can already, I say yes? Right, I was going to say. I think you guys would have pulled the trigger uh, a month ago. However, <laughs> but um, do, does Lonzo Ball get moved before the trade deadline? What do you guys think? Uh, Tim, you, Tim, you go first. Do I want Lonzo Ball moved before the trade deadline? Kind of, actually, because whatever him and Zion have figured out has been so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a blast together, man. They're oops. They're still like full court oops. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, the way that like, you know, Lonzo's really turned a corner as far as like being more effective with his shot. He's shot 38% Absolutely. Um, the past couple months. Um, you know, and obviously we know how good he is as a playmaker, but he is the piece the Bulls are missing. He is. Okay. Now, I want you to expand on that because I, I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of Bulls basketball, but mm-hmm. I want you to explain why Lonzo is that piece. So my big thing is I love the idea of the Bulls being a super fast, athletic, running down the court team, straight Billy Donovan, Florida style, like Corey Brewer and all those dudes down there just straight <laughs> boosting on everybody. I'm going to say Corey Brewer. <laughs> Uh, Corey Brewer reference. Let's go. Well, Al Horford and Joe Q know we're too easy, and let's be honest, they're not that fast. So, yeah, um, I feel like with Lonzo, because Kobe, you know, I love Kobe White. I think he's an excellent talent. Um, but I think his best his best role is microwave. Come off the bench, get 12-15 for you. Go sit back down. Mm-hmm. Like you know, play him in crunch time when you need to, when you need to score. If you're down, like if you have a five point game in the last few minutes, 
And I think in this circumstance, you can really put him there. And I think he'd be excellent for Zach Levine. Um, he'd be excellent for those guys. I'm not 100%. I don't really believe Laurie Markkinen will be on the Bulls, whether it's the trade deadline or free agency. Okay. Um, but from what I read, that what the Bulls have offered the Pelicans is Tomas Sedaransky and a second rounder. Right. I can't imagine that's making the Pelicans go, we have to take that. So, yeah, no. Nah. And I don't really think this is a circumstance where um, the Bulls have to give up Kobe White for him either. I think that, you know, it's okay, we try for him. If we don't get him, you know, we send him a hell of an offer for agency and say match that. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, and, and the problem is, Tim, is that, you know, if the Bulls wanting bad enough, they're going to have to get in the bidding war because, like, what I've read is the Hawks have already offered, like, Cam Reddish in a Cam Reddish, team. yeah. So – you know, make it take glory. Reunite, re, reuniting them Duke boys. Is, yeah, yeah. So, I, I think people were, people were way too hard on Lonzo. You know, coming out like he, you know, obviously, you know, it's it's hard to go to the Lakers and have LeBron come in. And, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I guarantee you, when he finds his home. Like he's going to he, he's he's going to be a really 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 good point guard, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where his brother came in, like he came in knowing he was going to be the centerpiece of a team. It's a lot different. Uh, so I think that any team that he goes to is going to be a team where he can be the primary focal ball handler on the team, control the offense. And I told you he he reminds me a lot of Jason Kidd. I don't think people realize that he might be a, a better shooter than Jason Kidd right now coming out of college. Um, and that's not saying much, but uh, I, I think that the, the way he plays and the way he runs the floor and the way he controls the offense. And like you said, Tim, the fast pace and the oops, like he reminds me of a little bit bigger version of a Jason Kidd. Okay. Okay. I, I can see, I can see that on, on, for sure. Um, I could definitely see that for sure. Another guard that has been rumored uh, to the Hawks is uh, my former role dog from the Pacers, Victor Oladipo. Um, Oladipo has been linked with the Hawks. Like we've mentioned before, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish are both on the open market, uh, and the Hawks have their eyes on Oladipo. Uh, Does Oladipo get moved? Um, before the tread de- deadline, uh, Josh, what do you what do you think? Do you think Oladipo gets moved? Uh, he's another big name out there with with <laughs> which he's on that thriving Houston Rockets team, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, so you know, the thing about Victor Oladipo, I think we can all agree he's a pretty good ball player, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right before that injury he had. Um, he was, he was in Indiana and he was showing out, you know, before he tore his, you know, hurt his knee. Um, and I can't, I can't figure, I can't figure him out because everywhere he goes, teams are offering him contracts and they're offering him money and he turns it down. So uh, is, is the issue is that Victor Oladipo thinks he's better than what he really is, or is his worth really what it is? And he doesn't want to commit to something until he feels he gets the money he deserves. So that's like the first thing I kind of figure out. 
you know, can he be a 20? Can he be a, a number one guy on a team, you know, scoring mid 20s, you know, with, you know, a decent amount of rebounds and assists for a, a shooting guard? Or is he just always going to have to be a second tier guy with, with another superstar? And that's what I can't figure out. Um, I think Victor Oladipo is asking for too much. So my goal is, or what I think is going to happen is the Rockets are going to try to move him before the deadline. I don't know where he's going to go, uh, but I definitely think that that a team that needs a shooting guard or a two guard will ask for it. Um, I think the Rockets have already put out there what their asking price is for him. Um, I think it's like a, a, a decent first round pick or a, you know, a really good quality player. Um, so that might be a little hard. So I think Houston might have to end up just saying, Hey, we're going to roll the dice here and, and, and see what we can get for him and just moving. Because if not, um, he, does he, does he walk next year? Yep. He's unrestricted. Yeah, that's what, he's that's what I thought. So I, I think they try to move in to get something for him in return. I did too. And I think he does get traded and he's made it. no to... secret. He's made it no secret where he wants to play my gentlemen, my friends. And if I may, to give it to general consensus where that might be, I believe the famous lyrics that Will Smith once said were, party in the city when the heat is on all night on the beach to the break of dawn. Do we? Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. So Victor Oladipo has made it very well known in NBA circles. He wants to play for the Miami Heat. It is not, he has has not shied away from this at all, from anything, everything I've read. Um, If you want to make so he's unrestricted. So you can wait Does he help him? Yes. Have you seen how Tyler Hero is shooting right now? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. So hold on. So we we're bringing up Oladipo to Miami. Another guard linked to Miami, also unrestricted, Cal Lowry. So Oladipo or Lowry? Lowry. Okay. You got to move. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Okay. Okay. Come on. You you take Kyle Lowry's over Oladipo? If I remember, Kyle Lowry was the point guard on an NBA championship team two years he ago. He was. Absolutely. I understand he had Kawhi and Siakam, but, I mean, you know, he got to Steph Curry in the finals. Somebody yeah. had to. Okay. I, I see. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, oh, gosh, man. That, that, so, yeah. So, it, I guess it's rumored also that Kyle Lowry's preferred destination uh, is with the Heat as well. Uh apparently him and jimmy butler are, are pretty They're good right, yeah. friends yeah i read the same thing uh, i'm with oladipo so, yeah. over lowry by the way okay he's five, he's five years younger uh, you got more left in the tank i think if he could stay healthy he, well, i was gonna so say kyle lowry's he been re- healthy for <laughs> 20 years right so but so, you know to me i'm with you tim oladipo is a little too wishy-washy for me you know what i mean like like if you bring him in, like you don't know if he's going to resign or if he's going to be happy or if what. Like he seems like he like you know, Indiana's all pretty money. He left Houston. Of course, I mean I understand why you're leaving Houston, but like they offered him money, he didn't take it. I I, I don't know. Kyle Lowry's been there. He's it's, been a steady force. Um, it's weird, right? Twenty. We're gonna give you twenty something million dollars a year. Like no, nah, I want more. Right. I wouldn't want to play for Tillman Fertitta. Yeah, yeah. 
I feel terrible so, for Steven Silas. Like that's a, just an awful situation to be your first head coaching. Game. It is. Did y'all but see my man? It is. See my man crying on the podium. I mean, like, terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. awful. That's a, that's a horrible suit. But we'll get to that here in a second. We'll get that in a second. I got uh, I believe I have one more name for you guys to check out. And the last one I'm going to bring up is Harrison Barnes. Now, Harrison Barnes. The Kings have said that they're listening to offers, uh, but it would have to be something monumental to move him. Of course, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, I don't believe that for a second. I, I think the only two untouchable people on the Kings are probably Fox and Halliburton. Um, so, I, you know. I mean, Buddy Buddy Hill just just get his money, though. Yeah, Buddy Hill as well. But I still don't. I, I still don't think Buddy Hilde is as safe as De'Aaron Fox, though. No, so, so what? What do we? What do we think? Do we think Harrison Barnes gets moved, um, or, or gets traded away? Um, the Kings are like seventeen to twenty-five. They're they're out of playoff contention. Um, what are your all's thoughts on on Harrison Barnes? Does he get moved? Yeah, I think that. I think that's smoke. We're talking about okay. the Kings here. They're the Kings of, they're the, they're, no pun intended. They're the Kings of dumb trades. They will do every yep. dumb trade possible. They, we've seen it for how long now? Yep. I mean, I think since they traded Chris Weber to the Sixers, they haven't made a good trade. So, right. you know, yeah. um, I just, it's just, it's too much. Um, I know the Celtics apparently are heavily linked to him because of that trade exception. So I can imagine they're going to try to dip their, their, throw their name in that hat. I know they're going to try okay. to throw their name in the Aaron Gordon hat too, apparently. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could. I mean, I don't see a. I wouldn't say that I can't see a situation where Harrison Barnes isn't there, but I can't imagine that they keep holding on to him with the cap space they're paying him right now, and they can get off it. Yeah, and yeah. I was about that. I was about to ask you. Do you ever think he regretted leaving Golden State? I mean, Dallas gave him the bag. They did. Yeah, they did. Well, that's what I was going to say. He went from making three point eight million to twenty two million. Yeah. Um, but end all be all, you know. And they since, hated him after the finals when they lost to Cleveland. They did not want to see him wearing a Gold State jersey ever again. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. They're ready oh, to get my boy. He sold the bag. <laughs> he did. Sold the bag. <laughs> Golly. He sure did. Uh, Tim, you brought up another one that uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, he it came out today that I guess he had requested the move from Orlando. Um. Any thoughts on if he gets traded, one and two, uh, a good destination for Aaron Gordon? Minnesota. Okay. I just I think it's a really good fit, and you know I think for if you're Orlando, um, you know obviously this is kind of blown up in your face, and we've talked about how we think that they should blow it up, but mm-hmm. I've kind of taken a little bit of a one eighty on that. Um, okay. I do think they should get rid of contracts. I definitely think that they should clear the bag to clear the books as much as possible. But the only way I would trade Vooch is if I got some unbelievable offer. Um, Orlando is in a situation where they could potentially be, have a top three pick. Um, you look at a circumstance, you know, if you trade Aaron Gordon, that's awesome. Um, you know, like I said to you guys earlier, he's the ultimate looks like Tarzan plays like Jane Blair. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, you look at him and you're like, yeah, he looks like he's a superstar. And you're like, no, he's just a good role player, and he should be more. He should well, wait, definitely be more. Tim, it's funny that you you mentioned that because you're saying that he the 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 good fit for him is Minnesota. 
And I've I've been reading and I've heard already that Boston has already offered two first round picks for Aaron Gordon. And I'm like, really? Two first round picks for Aaron Gordon? If they like, do wow. that, where does where does he fit on that team? If they do that, and I'm Brad Stevens, I am calling the University of Indiana. I am saying, have that jet pick me up at the Boston airport, get me to Bloomington, and put my banner outside Assembly Hall because I will not coach that team. <laughs> two first round picks. Uh, <laughs> the only the only yeah. time I the only time I really ever thought Aaron Gordon was like a top tier player was when he played on that team in in uh, uh, Uncle Arizona? Drew in the Uncle Drew movie. <laughs> The Uncle Drew movie. <laughs> See, this is my point. Like, he was really good in that movie. He was actually pretty funny as the villain. Like, he was a good antagonist. I'm like, like he has the look. Like, he when you see Aaron Gordon, you see how he's ripped and built. You're like, that guy might average 28 points in the NBA, and you see him. You're like, 15, huh? Yeah, 15. He is a really good. He's a good passer. I mean, he's a very good passer. But yeah, um, I mean, he's so like. I think so, yeah, I, so. Boston's I, the front runner right now, man. That that's crazy to me. I feel like with what Minnesota's building, I think he'd be a really good fit next to Cat. Um, I'd have to look more into like the deal because I can't imagine they're gonna want to give up D'Angelo Russell, even yeah. though I'm not 100 percent certain how the D'Angelo Russell Cat Anthony Edwards group really fits because Edwards has been doing all this with him being out. So killing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know, man. Um. I've heard Denver a lot for Aaron Gordon as well. I like that fit. If I'm the yeah. Nuggets, I'm just trying to get any wing I possibly can to kind of do what Jeremy Grant did from last year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, those are just a few of the guys that we're expecting possibly to be moved uh, over the deadline. Two guys that have already been moved. Uh, PJ Tucker became a Milwaukee Buck. Um, and Blake Griffin, who hadn't dunked in two years, got his first two points on the dunk. With the Nets. Uh, what are your all? Give Nets. me some thoughts on that East Coast uh, Lob City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Lob City. He's bringing it back, baby. Is that what he's doing? Um, give me your thoughts really quick on um, one, the PJ Tucker move, and two, the Blake Griffin. Uh, what, what, what impact do we think Blake Griffin will have? First, let's start with PJ Tucker to the Bucks. Uh, are you guys happy with this move? You're wondering, you know, what do you think about this move? Is it a good move, bad move? I think, uh, what are your thoughts? I think PJ Tucker brings some toughness to the Bucks. I think he he um, you know from a stat standpoint, he's not going to get you a lot of points, and he he can play defense. He can he can definitely do all the dirty things that a team needs to do. And I feel like every year when the Bucks get to the playoffs, you know they bully everybody, and then all of a sudden playoff ball comes around, and then they can't do anything. And I think that he may help them get over the hump when it comes to that mental piece. Um, I've always liked PJ Tucker plus, you know, his shoe game is on point. So, um, I like, I actually like it. I, I think that he helps the bucks mentally, at least, you know, I don't think they, I don't think they need a lot other than that. I just think they needed some, some veteran leadership out there on the floor to help them get over the hump. And I think he may be the guy that can. Oh. It's not okay. a needle mover for me. Um, no, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think he's that dude anymore. Like, he's definitely, yeah, physically toughness, sure. But, like, in the playoffs, are you really going to have him guard Kevin Durant? Like, no, while Giannis no. is, like, protecting the rim? Like, I don't, he might, I don't like he that. Might, he may just be your bench guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I think it's good timing because, you know, they're getting Drew Holiday. They have Drew Holiday back. And the way Giannis has played the last three or four weeks, we've talked about in our group text. Um, but I don't – I'm not, like, head over heels for it by any means. It was like, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm more excited about the Heat getting Trevor Reza. I like that move more than I like the PJ. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, and the Blake Griffin the Blake Griffin deal does nothing for me either. Yeah, he's the same player. Unless he goes yeah. back to 2013, then. Hey guys, he dunked. He dunked. He did. Isn't, isn't everybody happy about that? I mean, like he's back. We got finessed. Didn't you see on Twitter, everyone? <laughs> yeah, he Blake Griffin fleeced us all, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I tend to agree with both of you. I, you know. P.J. Tucker, yeah, he gives some toughness, but I, I don't think that he's he's not the guy he was four years ago. Uh, and then Blake Griffin, of course, we already talked about. We went in depth of why Blake Griffin, uh, he'll wind up being an end of the bench guy here probably within the next, you know. You know what's crazy to me, Ben? You brought up a good point. Um, those those three teams in the East, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers are all within like one game of each other. And I've always thought this: the Bucks, the Bucks for the last two years, they come out, they have the best record in the East. You know, they have the number one seed. They struggle in the playoffs. They are missing another shooter. I've always felt like they're missing another shooter. So you got Middleton, who's your second guy. Um, You know, you got some other guys that potentially can not, but like they need another knockdown shooter. That's the guy that I feel they've been missing. I feel like they got all the other pieces. They got all the defensive pieces. They got all the offensive pieces, except for that shooter guy. So, like, Giannis isn't that guy. Like, he he does – he can't shoot jump shots. They force him out of the paint. He has to, he has to you know, shoot jump shots all the time, and he's not there yet. And I'm like, if they had another guy to take that pressure off that could consistently knock down jump shots – and I know Holiday can help, but, like, they need somebody else. There's, there's one guy missing, and I'm thinking a guy like – jj reddick or like a guy that can consistently just knock down shots and if they had a yeah. guy like that a seth curry like somebody somebody in that realm of of a player and that's what they that's what they've been missing to me so i just think pj brings them some toughness and that's all yeah they're like a great duncan robinson team but the heat won't ever let him go no they're not they love duncan robinson no. dude duncan yeah. robinson on the bucks Whew. I was I totally like your JJ Redick idea. Um, I know he played there for a half season on the post deadline once before, um, mm-hmm. but for me, like I've been thinking about like because I I think New Orleans is going to shop JJ Redick. I I don't think he'll be there. Um, and obviously Brooklyn's come up a lot because he lives there already, and they need more, more scores off the bench. But they're about tapped to what they can offer people too. Um, mm-hmm. How much fun would JJ Redick be in Golden State? Oh my lord! Oh man! Oh, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Say they sign under like a two-year contract and they get Clay back next year. Oh, man. That'd be nuts. How fun would that be? Oh, be my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That'd be a, that would be awesome. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. They just have shooters um, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. You, can't, you can't help off nobody. Like, you just – Everybody's got one-on-one moves. Like you can't help off anybody. Um, so uh, we're going to end tonight. Um, a little bit of of a solemn note: the Houston Rockets have lost twenty games in a row. 
Has anybody checked? Did they play tonight? Did they lose 21? Uh, unless I saw the Bulls were down majorly to Utah. Yeah, Bulls are down 20. Let's see here. I'm going to see. Um, if they, oh, they are oh, they're playing up. and they're, they're winning. winning by nine. They're 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 beating the Raptors. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they could so they could possibly oh they're up ten with six thirty left. Okay, I see it now. Wow, wow. So okay, so but the Rockets have lost twenty straight. Maybe they'll break that tonight. Uh, they've had some pretty bad luck in the last couple of games with people hitting last second shots and things like that. But um. I, I just want to send a, a, a shout-out to the Houston Rockets. Houston, we're still thinking about you. You know, I, don't, I can't say that we care, but <laughs> to lose 20 games in a row, <laughs> but hey. to lose 20 games in a row, you know, you know, when I bring you up on the pod, usually positive things happen. So I'm going to bring you guys up on the pod tonight, Houston. Let's hope you break that streak tonight. You're up 11 right now with six minutes left to go in the game. Um, Tim, I know we talked, you mentioned this earlier about their ownership, uh, their new coach, uh, Silas Jr. Uh, you know, John Wall has been playing. You trade, get rid of Cousins. Oladipo has been injured. Uh, Christian Wood, I believe, came back probably about after the All Star break. Um, if you're Houston, what do you, what do you, what do you do? Like, I, I know you mentioned something about their ownership. If you're Houston and you're and you're Silas Jr., you've lost twenty. You lost twenty in a row. What are what's going on down there? I don't I don't know much about Houston. What's going on? I just don't think they're that good, man. They just don't have a ton of talent. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at this, is who John Wall started with tonight: Christian Wood, Daniel House Jr., Jay Sean Tate, and Sterling Brown. Oh, woof. Yeah. But they're winning. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go even further. I don't even think it's a Houston Rocket issue. It's like the whole city, man, is on a curse right now. <laughs> like, just, the, just everybody. I know. I was Every like, team. protect Jose Altuve with all costs. <laughs> right. The whole John city. Wall's take, John Wall's taking 27 shots tonight. That's it? Uh, oh, the game's not over yet, though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's on a roll, baby. Yeah, I saw Atlanta I putting you, it on the Clippers right now. I tell you what, man, we all got bamboozled with James Harden and that big mama suit that he had on. You know, he he had this conversation with Martin Lawrence, and he was like, hey, man, make me one of those suits. He put it on <laughs> out there looking 30 pounds heavy. That man went to the Nets the next day and lost 30 pounds looking like he'd been in the gym his whole life. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a move they had to make, I guess. But, but uh, yeah, I – I just don't understand. Like you said, Tim, I guess their roster is not very deep. You know, Oladipo has been out. Um, you just got Christian Wood back. Um, I mean, the bench is Ben McLemore, DJ Augustine, Kevin Martin Jr. and Kenyon DJ Wilson. Martin Jr. Oh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Jr. Just yeah, signed up for G League, correct? Yeah, he was drafted by them, yeah. Up 15. Yeah. Hey, and, just, I mean, just by so the way, yeah, so they're they're not very deep. Toronto is Kyle Lowry is negative twenty two on the floor right now. Mm. That's tough. Um, 
I feel like Houston's downfall started when they got rid of Capella. I'm dead serious. I, I feel like when okay. they got rid of when they got rid of Clint Capella, um, that was kind of the downfall to me. I felt I felt like he fit what they did very well, and they moved him, and there it was. I think he was the start of it all. Folks, don't kick Chris Paul off your team. No, just, just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't ever disappoint the point guard. He will. He, he will curse your team forever. Uh, speaking you know speaking you know of a boozy like no <laughs> speaking of that uh tim i'm glad you brought him up because i know that was something we wanted to touch on real quick ben so i'm gonna let you to i'm gonna let you handle that chris paul and his uh achievement man was it ten thousand? how many assists did he get 20k 20k right jeez oh peach, dude that's a lot of assists that moves him he's sixth all time i believe yeah um I, un- unbelievable and I've grown – my appreciation for Chris Paul has grown um, a ton watching him in My Phoenix. bad, 10K, 10K. 10K. And he's okay, I was going to say 10,000. And next on the list for him to pass up is Magic Johnson. Yeah. But my appreciation has grown for him watching him in Phoenix. Um, when he was in Houston, of course, I felt like um, – he led them to the Western Conference Finals, uh, him and Harden. But then you go to – right. Yeah, exactly. But then you move him to a team like OKC, um, and he gets young studs there like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Dort and those guys, like, and they become contenders. Now he's with Phoenix, and now Phoenix is a contender. Um, I believe they're second in the West, I believe, second or third. Um, and he's got that team playing extremely well. Devin Booker, of course, is lights out, but that whole team kind of moves around Chris Paul. Um, and, and I think that I've grown to appreciate his ability to lead teams, uh, and being able to put guys that you wouldn't think were guys that could, could like a Cameron Payne. Like I, I never really thought much about Cameron Payne. But he's made Cameron Payne kind of serviceable. I mean, he, you know, getting him shots, getting him on the floor, confidence, uh, you know, just doing different things to, to set up their offense, the way he sets their offense. Chris Paul, to me, um, and probably to a lot of people, of course, but it, it's just unbelievable. But I've grown an appreciation after these last few years where he's moved to different teams and those teams have, have gotten significantly better in those next years. So, Shout out the point guard. Yes, and and at the at the pace that he's at right now, if he was to play one more year, um, he would pass Magic Johnson, Mark Jackson, and Steve Nash, and that would put him third all time on the assist list behind Jason Kidd and John Stockton. Unbelievable, man! Is that good? <laughs> he's he's only three hundred. He's only three hundred and thirty assists behind Steve Nash. Yeah, crazy. He is definitely. Show Josh mentioned at the top of the show. We talked about Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor is probably the best player to never won an NBA title. Um, I would make the case that Chris Paul is number two. I think that he's better than Carl Malone. Yeah. I think he's better than Charles Barkley. I think he's better than Allen Iverson. I think he's better than obviously Trace McGrady, Grant Hill. I think that he is. I think Chris Paul is that fantastic of an NBA player. I get he can be an asshole. Like I get people like get annoyed with him with some of his antics, but like he wins and he just got that dog in him exactly like yeah. i i would i would let that guy on my team any day of the week well that and the fact that he looks like rondo so 
Him and Rondo hate each other. <laughs> and they yeah, they absolutely hate each other. Um that's that's something that I that I think we should have do a debate on. Like cuz it it's a serious it's a serious uh, awesome topic to discuss. Uh are are like top 10 players to never win a championship because you mentioned some names there like Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, John Stott. like those are all-time greats. Uh, and you're saying Chris Paul is number two behind Elgin Baylor. Like, like that's, 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 ooh, that's tough. There, there's, there's people that can make a case that Chris Paul is a top three point guard of all time. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he falls. He might fall anywhere between that three and six range, but I mean, his, his, his everything he does kind of speaks for itself. Well, you yeah. mentioned earlier, you said after they traded Clint Capella, you felt like that was the Rockets' downfall. It's game six. Yep. They're up 3-2. He, he doesn't play up. game six or game seven. Yep. It's crazy. Crazy, because crazy. I think, I think they'd be Golden State. I think they close them out. If yeah, healthy. yeah. If, if he's healthy, absolutely. And then they route absolutely. Cleveland. They and route then they Iggy. route Cleveland. <laughs> Iggy. Iggy didn't play either. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> is this like, do you remember a couple weeks ago we were like texting? It was like the, the Nets and Lakers game, and the Nets beat the Lakers. And Ben goes, Well, the Lakers didn't have Davis or Schroeder. And Josh goes, Well, the Nets didn't have KD or Nicholas Claxton. Or Nicholas hey. Claxton. I was like, Claxton, Speedy? Baby. I was like, Speedy Claxton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. On that note, boys, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, guys, it's always a pleasure, man. Um, if you all get a chance, make sure you guys listen this week. Uh, we will have a trade deadline recap, I believe, Thursday. Uh, the trade deadline is up, so we'll do a recap pod on that. Um, we still have Sweet 16. Uh, at Large Bid, I believe, we'll be doing probably a 16, six, Sweet 16 preview uh, of the teams that will be in the Sweet 16 uh, coming up this weekend. Tim, is that We'll record that Wednesday to go up Thursday, but there um, we go. here's I'll, I'll let you guys in. This is what we're going to do this week instead of doing the typical, like, well, why do we think Gonzaga will be this team? Okay. We're going to take the, we're going to take the 16 remaining teams and we're going to reject them on a scale of 16 to one, who we have the most confidence to win the whole tournament. We're going to go through the whole list. Nice. And then nice. we're going to talk about the worst kind of people to do NCAA brackets. The worst kind of. <laughs> we all know. We've all done them in the office. That person who knows nothing about basketball and is like, "Oh, man, I like this team's name. I like this team's yep. colors, and they win yep. your money." Yep, absolutely. Well, Bears are bigger than Bulldogs, so Baylor's got to. Baylor's got to be like what? Like that's your that's your logic. Well, I love lime green. It's way better than red. Let's let's go with the lime green team. You're like, okay, that that's awesome. You yeah. just beat me out of sixty dollars <laughs> because yeah. you just picked because some different cut. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and they win. So yeah, and they win. <laughs> so yeah, so we so you guys be on the lookout for these pods dropping, man. We we love when you guys interact with us. Uh, NT forty eight minutes NTWRK is our Instagram, Twitters, uh, and Facebook. Please make sure you get on there if you. Our listeners right now and you can share it with a friend we would greatly appreciate it uh make sure you download us on apple Podcasts, 
Um, when you get the chance to give a review, please click five stars. Uh, we love them and appreciate them. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. Go and download it. Uh, tell your friends to download it and then tell their friends to download it uh, as they're driving into work or coming in home. We are great listening pleasure. And we thank you guys. Uh, and we appreciate you guys. And you guys take care and have a good week.